Latvia Weekly, your independent guide to the news in Latvia, with your hosts Otto Tabuns and Joe Horgan. Latvian Museum, and welcome to episode number one hundred and twenty-eight of the Latvia Weekly podcast. I am Joe Horgan, joined on my balcony studio right now with my good friend and colleague Otto Tabuns. Otto, how are you today? Hello, it's a fantastic feeling now that it is, at least for me, the end of the academic year, both for myself and also my students who have finished uh, their uh, work. <laughs> yes, and a huge congratulations to Otto. We're having a small celebration uh, right now as well because uh, Otto successfully defended his master's thesis, which is a uh, big deal. Uh, and uh, this is your second master's thesis you've defended. That's right. Uh, I have one in political science and now uh, I also have one in legal science. So you have a very well-qualified host, at least one very well-qualified host. Uh, Anyway, so for those of you who have not listened to the show before, what we do every week is we talk through the news and uh, the things that have happened here in in, in Latvia throughout the week. And we are going to do that this week. Uh, We also um, have been teasing for the last few months that we were going to do a special episode about the local elections because that's the big thing that happened here in Latvia over the um, well, over, over the last week. And uh, so Otto and I kind of sat down and, and we were, you know, getting ready for it. And we realized that it probably just made more sense to do it as part of um, this episode. Okay, so we are going to go into the local elections um, first and we're going to go through the results and everything. So uh, for those of you who are not particularly interested in local politics, you're about to become interested in local politics because it's it's actually very fascinating. And, and there's a lot of very interesting things um, to take away from this election. Uh, so we will do this. Um, I do want to uh, very first, before we do that, though, give a shout out to uh, the Latvian Brazilian community who is taught by Alfred Kral uh, Petrlevitz. I, I hope I got your name correct. And also uh, Fabio William, who, uh, who, who um, mentioned uh, you guys who are listening to the show. So thank you very much uh, for listening uh, over in Brazil. And I'm sorry that I didn't do the uh, uh, shout out last episode. Uh, okay, Otto. Are you ready to get into a yoko local uh, look at uh, Latvian politics? Let's do that. It's more important than you think. Yes, because uh, all all politics are local at the end of the day. Uh, so a couple things, a couple overviews uh, before we before we jump in. So first of all, a reminder that this is the first election, and really this is the moment when the regional reform, which we've been talking about since the show began, is taking place. Uh, and basically what's happened is Latvia has decreased from around 120 separate municipalities to now it's uh, 42? I think that's correct. Uh, well, it, it's still an open question, as we know, because there was the question about the Varakliani, um, uh, as we discussed on the previous show, and several cases are still pending uh, at the Constitutional Court. But I think approximately that's the right number currently. So it, it might be a different number by the time you're listening to this. And what's very interesting about the local elections is that the results are not always what you would expect, because uh, we talk about national politics all the time. So we talk about the ratings, we talk about the parties that do well nationally. There are certain parties that do very, very well nationally that don't do so well in the local elections. And a party, for example, which we're going to be talking about a lot in just a second, uh, Zalyuzemnyakosavini, but the, green, the Unions of Greens and Farmers, which we mention 
in passing sometimes. It's actually a group of uh, some smaller parties, which sometimes work together, sometimes don't. Otto will get into that in just a second. So they um, have had a little bit of a rough last couple of years. So they they have been in, they were in coalition for, for quite a while. They were in coalition for basically a decade and a half. And then uh, they were forced to leave the coalition by Yauna Conservativa Partia. This was the new conservative party that uh, was very hot in the last national election back in 2018. This was the party led by Yannis Bordons, and uh, who also had the kind of uh, anti-corruption uh, superstar Yuta Strice, who uh, unfortunately has passed away since then. Um, and so they basically said that uh, they would not go into coalition. They were the tied for the second largest party in in uh, parliament if uh, ZZS was in there, and they decided not to. Well, um, although ZZS has been on the sidelines of national government, Otto, how did they do in this uh, local election throughout the country? Well, they did quite well. Uh, I have to remind our listeners that similarly as with the national election, also the municipal one is uh, proportional so that it is not a first-past-the-post system. Uh, So if we talk about a party uh, winning or having a lead, that does not mean that they get to dominate. But uh, in uh, some instances, it has uh, been uh, a very close situation. And uh, if we talk specifically about the Greens and the Farmers, uh, they have done very well, uh, especially in the cities that they have traditionally um, uh, held leadership, such as um, uh, Yalgava and uh, Jurmala, and uh, most likely also uh, Ventspils and um, also Ludza. So uh, this will still uh, be their uh, stronghold, uh, whatever their uh, destiny is at the national level. And as the name says, the Greens and the Farmers, uh, perhaps no wonder that uh, the uh, countryside, uh, as we would look at uh, in contrast to Riga, is indeed uh, their basis of strength. And this is a very interesting party for number of reasons okay the most interesting reason for me is because this is a party and if, if you look at their logo so again ZZS is how we usually refer to them on the national level Union of Greens and Farmers but that name comes from the fact that there are two major parts of the party the Latvian Farmers Party and the Latvian Green Party, or um, the, the Latvian Farmers Union, I think it's actually, Latvia's Zemnyukosavianiba. And if you look at their logo, they mention 1917, which is before 1918, the year the, Latvia, uh, the uh, Republic of Latvia was founded, because this party predates the Latvian Republic. And this is the basically same continuous party that that has existed all the way from 1917 if um you know uh Otto and i are, are still kind of um you know w- working on a history project uh which uh, will, will will hopefully happen um f- fairly soon but um you know the first period of the latvian republic all the way up until uh carlos ulmanis's um uh, basically banning of political parties in latvia was dominated by this party and now here they are still 100 years later you know, winning, um, and you know, as Otto said, you know, w- winning is a is a complicated term, but um, you know, doing very well and uh, you know, getting majority of votes in in a number of uh, municipalities, and this is um, so either ZZS or uh, Latvia um, or or the uh, or the Farmers Party or the Green Party, they, to my understanding, are the only party that actually ran in every single one of the municipalities. I might, is this correct, Otto? I think that you are right. So they had the biggest representation uh, in the election in contrast to other lists. Yeah, because again, it's a little bit counterintuitive 
you know, you, you'd think that, you know, a, a party like, for example, Soskinia, which, you know, is, is the, uh, you know, party that gets the most votes nationally, or, you know, these parties that did very well, like, you know, Kusti Bapar, which took over uh, Riga and, you know, like, uh, you know, was part of Autisti by Par, you know, that these parties would also do on the local level, but it's actually much harder, you know, Latvia Zemnikosaviniba or ZZS, uh, you know, they're so entrenched in local politics in, in a way that's very, very, I would say harder to, to uh, de-entrench then on the national level. Would you agree, Otto? Uh, exactly. Um, especially if we look at the history, uh, the um, Union of Latvian Farmers is one of the two oldest parties. So uh, the only one which is older uh, uh, is or used to be the Latvian Social Democratic Workers' Party. And so we saw uh, the uh, Social Democrats representing the left wing and uh, the uh, Farmers' Union representing well-to-do farmers, the more conservative wing at that time, and they still do. Now, a couple of other interesting things uh, about ZZS, okay, Union of Greens and Farmers. So, Otto, for example, in Yelgava, okay, so in the city of Yelgava, and again, the city of Yelgava is considered a different municipality than Yelgava municipality, which is kind of confusing. So, Yelgava municipality covers all of the land now, um, Olzolniecki, for example, Tervete, uh, you know, these, these smaller cities uh, or, or towns around Yelgava, Kalsiems, for example. Um, so in Yelgava itself, ZZS ran the Union of Greens and Farmers together, but in Yelgava's Novads and then in also other um, you know places throughout the country, you had the Green Party and the Farmers Party separate from each other. So why is that? Why wouldn't they just all cooperate? You know, in, in all the municipalities on the national level, because um, you know, I mean, it, it seems like you know they have a very good relationship with each other and and if the two of uh, them you know got into uh, you know enough seats they'd probably go into coalition anyway so what's the deal Otto? Well, uh, one of the reasons is that um, Latvian politics is still very much uh, dependent on uh, personalities rather than on ideology. Well, that could be also one explanation what got together uh, greens and farmers, which is uh, quite uncommon in Europe at least, or the rest of the world. Uh, But it is also the matter of these uh, local units of the parties, the local chapters, because I believe uh, it had to be uh, the decision at uh, each chapter level uh, whether they uh, wish for example to contest one or another municipality together with uh, other list or not uh, it was probably also uh, the question of uh, which of uh, these constituent parts would be perhaps stronger in one or another case uh, so matter of political logic and of political expediency so I think in Yalgava uh, there was this concern that uh, there is quite a big competition and it is wiser to stay together and be like the vacuum that still gets the most of the power while in other um, uh, cases it could have been that well they have, uh, for example the uh, the green party uh, had a, a stronger position than the farmers so um we, we've talked about a lot about uh, Zezias already, and um, you know, concretely, Otto mentioned that you know it looks like they're going to now. For example, in Yelgava, our you know city, uh, Mayor uh, Andres Ravinch, you know, uh, who who is from uh, Zezias, and, and this is actually you know the the, the um, two parties together. So um, he has been in charge of the city for for quite some time already now and um you know he he has been in coalition so so ZZS has always been um at least in the last few years in coalition with usually uh the uh, national alliance um we don't know exactly what will happen but uh, it looks like that is very likely to continue because um based on the math uh, at least as it is now so um they uh he, he was able to retain six seats 
and uh, National Alliance has two seats right now, and so eight together would be enough to have a majority. Um, but do do you see? So you know, again, eight eight seats is enough because um, in all of the municipalities, uh, there there are fifteen city council seats. No, in Riga there are more. Yes, sorry. In all of the municipalities that ran in this election, that's right, because because Riga is its own special case. But but in all of the non-Riga municipalities, because remember, Riga did not uh, have their election this time around. They had it already uh, last year for uh, reasons which we got into uh, for like half of the existence of our uh, podcast. Uh, but um, so so most of them have fifteen. Uh, eight is enough for a majority for a coalition. Um, but do you see that as enough auto or, or would they, you know, for example, um, in Yelgova's case, might they want to invite another party into coalition with them so that they have a little bit of a stronger uh, grasp, you know, just in case, you know, somebody decides to, to go away to another political faction, for example? I think that that could be the case uh, once someone actually decides to go to another faction, because um, I think that uh, the uh, a party politics and this cooperation at the municipal level is actually more stable and more durable than it is on the national level. Usually once a coalition gets together, it usually survives throughout the political cycle because it is the matter of uh, who then decides on the uh, public money. And um, of course, uh, it is easier uh, if you have to uh, divide uh, by less rather than more in the sense that you would have, let's say, just priorities of four parties that you have to take into account rather than five, six or seven. And I think that is also the reason why you would also see these coalitions at municipal level, not necessarily following the ones that are seen on national level. For example, cooperation between National Alliance and the Harmony Party um, and uh, um, other different combinations that uh, uh, ideologically uh, probably would not make sense. But uh, when they talk about municipal uh, governance, they frequently invoke the economic decisions that have to be taken. And that usually explains the way why they go together on these occasions. Yeah, and as a, as a reminder, so the National Alliance, they are the, um, you know, kind of a mainstream nationalist party here in the country. Uh, Soskinia is the party which gets uh, very often called the so-called Russian party because uh, they, they generally have a, a basis of support in Latvia's Russian-speaking community. Uh, you know, and, and normally, um, you know, since Latvia's politics are generally, at least on the national level, very, um, you know, based on, uh, on, on identity, uh, much more than unfortunately on, um, you know, political positions, you know, they both tend to be fairly conservative, uh, you know, in their actual ideology. So, so like, auto, you know, um, I, I just want to drive home how bizarre it is, like on the national level for that to happen. I mean, that would never happen. You know, National Alliance, uh, you know, has been uh, adamant that they are not, <laughs> that Soskina would never, ever, ever be in a governing coalition, you know, especially due to their, uh, you know, previous links with uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, um, uh, party in Russia. Uh, I, I also want to take a look at, um, you know, one, one last thing about Zizia. So uh, all eyes were on Yermola which is the fifth largest city in the country. And if you've ever been to Latvia before, you've probably uh, wandered into Yormala. It's the very long uh, beach resort city uh, right right outside of Riga. Uh, so Gatis Truksnis, uh, who uh, has been the mayor for, for quite a while, and he got into a load of legal trouble <laughs> for a number of reasons, but, but most famously uh, for drug-related uh, reasons. Um, and the big question would be what happens uh, to his uh, leadership. Uh, but it looks like... Uh, He's doing okay because looks like ZZS is going to have, uh, if, if the math works out, 
eight seats and they're going to have a majority coalition. They won't have to because because previously they've been in, in coalition with uh, Saskia, I believe, um, or, or, or other parties. So uh, not only does it look like he's going to retain his mayorship, but uh, it looks like he, he's got a pretty serious mandate compared to uh, what you might expect. So, Otto, can you take us through what in the world happened over there? Well, in the municipal election, uh, probably it is uh, a little bit different uh, in sense of all these uh, values, issues and issues that are, are very able to generate uh, <laughs> scandalous uh, publicity. Uh, probably for many people uh, they do not care uh, whether for example their mayor um, acts like for example another mayor from North America or uh, s- someone uh, else like whatever he uses as long as for example that does not affect uh, the uh, decreased uh, um, the, uh, real estate tax or um, other benefits that were uh, already provided and uh, additionally promised by Mr. Truxness. so uh, if we rec- some of the promises included, for example, uh, paid uh, train service uh, for uh, the citizens of Yurma to Riga. That would cost millions and um, other benefits uh, in addition to what they already have. For example, currently um, the residents of Yurma, I believe, have a very large um, uh, a decrease of the nominal rate of uh, the real estate tax and uh, even then I believe Mr. Truxness promised to decrease that even further. So in addition to the political capital that he has, he um, uh, used uh, a lot of promises to gain probably even uh, either additional support or compensate that support that he lost um, in association with those scandals that you in- implied. And speaking of scandals, uh, and well, also, you know, we've talked a lot about how, you know, ZZS is a, you know, coalition, you know, or a group of, uh, you know, these two major parties, the Green Party and the Farmers Party. But that's not all, because uh, there are also two major regional parties. So first of all, down in uh, Leopaya, uh, which, again, did did fairly well, uh, Leopaya's party, they uh, scored 41.19% of the vote. So they will probably be in the driver's seat of that coalition. And then up in Ventspils with 54.32% of the vote lot uh, for Latvia and for Ventspils, um, which might not sound familiar, but... There's one name that will sound very, very familiar, Mr. Uh, Ivars Lembergs, who uh, is one of the most notorious oligarchs in uh, Latvia. And he is, you know, thought of uh, very often as the driving force behind the ZZS party because uh, for Latvia and for, uh, for Ventspils uh, joined together with uh, with those parties. And, uh, and he actually, if I'm remembering correctly, you might have to uh, correct me on this. He actually ran for prime minister, I believe, as, uh, as uh, ZZS's uh, leader once. Well, he was the candidate uh, for the Greens and Farmers for the position of the uh, uh, pr- uh, Prime Minister, indeed. Yeah. Um, so I'm very interested to see what Otto says about this, because in the show notes, uh, <laughs> he wrote, Lemberg's leadership depends on whether he may vote from prison. Uh, so Otto, can you elaborate on this? So, uh, as we reported previously, um, Mr. Lambergs uh, was um, uh, apprehended and uh, put in prison as a result of the uh, decision of the court uh, in relation to the criminal charges that he had uh, in connection with graft, corruption and um, uh, other um, accusations that we discussed at length previously. And um, uh, as a result, he has been in uh, prison and uh, it is the 
then the question, uh, as he is now continuously elected um, in the uh, new composition of uh, the Ventspils um, uh, Municipality Council, uh, how uh, will uh, he be able to exercise uh, these rights? Uh, because currently I do not believe that uh, uh, there would be uh, this uh, a procedure of how to uh, uh, provide these uh, working circumstances for a person who is imprisoned. Uh, I'm not sure that it would be illegal for a person who is imprisoned to uh, be uh, a candidate for uh, the city council or for the mayor, because we have had one instance in our history where uh, a person who was imprisoned was uh, put forward as a candidate for the president. Uh, that was uh, Mr. Alfred Rubik's. Uh, back in uh, 95. Um, so, um, Mr. Lambergs has approached the Constitutional Court, which uh, I believe will uh, have to decide on that. And uh, it will be very important because uh, the only way how Mr. Lambergs uh, can continue being the mayor of Fenspils uh, depends on whether Mr. Lambergs is able to vote, because that is the one vote that they need uh, to be able to pass uh, this uh, candidacy. And uh, if that's not the case, then uh, Latvia and Venspili uh, will have to uh, think of another candidate or uh, perhaps uh, th there will be uh, another person from other party who may uh, be then uh, voted upon. So that will really be uh, the deciding factor here. So a few other parties that we have to take a look at, very, very notable ones. So uh, first of all, Yaunovienotiba, New Unity. Uh, this is a party that came together uh, right around the you know 2008 crisis uh, from a number of uh, different either anti-corruption or kind of um, center-left parties or center-right parties, and and um, you know came together with this name Unity. Uh, they you know did very well in national politics for a few years, and then they uh, had some uh, serious problems after. Um, some, some issues with uh, so Sovita Abeltinia, who was the, uh, the uh, speaker of Saima, um, you know, some uh, very uh, bad public uh, public relations uh, blunders there. Uh, and at one point before the 2018 election, it looked like they might not even get into parliament at all. But they did. And Christianus Karinch, their um, leader, w was able to, after a very chaotic uh, negotiation process, become the prime minister of the country. Uh, and, you know, before the 2008 election, the 2017 election, they did pretty poorly, uh, you know, in Yelgava, they went from being uh, kind of co-partners with ZSAS in, in the, uh, in, in the uh, city government to having just one member. Um, but this time around, they doubled. <laughs> They're up to two members in, 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 Yelgava's, um, in Yelgava City Council. And throughout the country, it seems like they had pretty stable results. So, you know, it doesn't, doesn't look like they've, um, you know, restored their former glory. Um, but, you know, it, it, for a party that was literally, you know, people were jumping ship, jumping to Latvia's Atisti by jumping to Par, jumping all over the place. Uh, you know, for a party that was basically left at death's door, uh, you know, they've done a pretty good job of, um, you know, being able to, I guess, uh, you know, pick up the pieces and, and, and come back together, which is pretty rare in Latvian politics. So uh, can you comment on that, Otto? Yeah, I think that uh, New Unity, uh, uh, seeing the trouble that they were in some time ago, uh, picked uh, a quite a good survival strategy. And they in part replicated what 
what uh, the Greens and Farmers uh, had been doing before uh, by uh, finding uh, new partners and new allies in the regions um, because uh, initially it was uh, very um, heavy centered on uh, personalities and representatives from uh, the capital city um, so uh, at one point it was even I, I think uh, labeled or um, some indicated that oh well uh, uh, those are the uh, let's say Riga intellectuals or the uh, people from the capital city that are now like coming together and uh, trying to uh, put themselves as a force but uh, uh, since then uh, since uh, 2010 they have indeed uh, changed and uh, for example one of the best results that they had was in Cesis and uh, they are um, indeed finding this as the new spirit of the party so that they are not so much uh, centered in Riga but uh, rather than they have also uh, this support base uh, outside uh, which I think is the reason why they were able to avoid the catastrophe that they indeed were in front before the last national election. But yeah, I, th- I think they've um, you know done a pretty good job of uh, you know staying kind of like a stable political force. That uh, you know again, a lot of people aren't happy with uh, you know the, the 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 current national government, and you know a lot of people are also unhappy with uh, Christian Skarbnich's uh, leadership. But at the same time, you know it, it seems like um, you know a- enough people are are okay with 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 how it's been going, and uh, you know it looks like they are going to survive at least um, you know for the near future, uh, which is you know again. Not everybody is the Lavians Farmer Party. You know, usually political parties, uh, you know, don't don't last so long, um, including some we'll be talking about in just a minute. <laughs> um, but but going a little bit further down, let's let's talk about uh, Saskina or or Harmony or Concord or however the heck we're supposed to translate it into English. So this is as we've mentioned, this is the party that in the last few parliamentary elections they have come in first place they've never been able to get into the coalition due again to um the kind of ethnic um uh, politics of 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 lobbying politics but uh how did they fare in this local election auto so uh, they did very well at their stronghold in Rezekne, um, um, and so Ladgalain partially has been uh, a, a good source uh, for their regional power. Uh, at the same time, uh, they lost their positions in other parts of Latvia, um, especially in Vidzeme. So um, um, in Rezekne, they may even be uh, in a position uh, to uh, hold the coalition without other partners. So I think that uh, they even may have more than half of the seats. But that's certainly not the case uh, in other regions, uh, and uh, th- they will certainly have to compromise and uh, be very crafty to, to get into uh, uh, other um, uh, governments at the municipal level. What was very interesting for me about um, Saskia was it was in Yelgova how um, they only got one seat in Yelgova City Council, and Latvian Russian Union, uh, Latvia's Krivosov Union, but which takes a much harder line on ethnic issues such as you know the official state language for example such as uh you know the language of instruction in latvian schools they also get a seat as well so they you know basically did as well as each other um on the national level so you know as, as we've mentioned many times before but for those of you who are new listeners so they were led for about a decade by Niels Ushakov, who was a very charismatic uh, mayor of Riga um, who really you know kind of captured people's imaginations and well he also captured the attention of anti-corruption agents as well which is you know why he um, you know uh, left city politics and moved on to European politics instead 
But the big question was, would Saskina be able to continue as a strong, serious political force without Niels Ushakov's in the country, um, you know, without without him, you know, leading uh, the the party itself? You know, was this just a you know political project of one very charismatic politician, or was this a serious? you know, a party that was going to be able to uh, be sustainable in the way that, you know, for example, the Latvian, uh, you know, Farmers Party is, or, you know, as Vienotiba as, uh, seems like it might end up becoming our national alliance. Uh, so, so what would be your take on this, Otto, you know, in kind of the first few elections after the departure, or at least temporary departure of Niels Ushakovs from the national scene? Uh, well, uh, for Harmony, it is um, uh, indeed a difficult story. Uh, it is now the question of the future leadership because some of the uh, quite uh, likely candidates for leading the party were actually thrown out on the national level, such as Vyacheslav Dombrovsk, San Lyubova Shvetsova, uh, who were uh, some of the more charismatic representatives of the party. Um, so uh, we'll see how it uh, goes on. Well, their status in opposition certainly helps them. Them, uh, to keep uh, quite a large popularity, uh, but they will indeed have to get their act together, um, especially if we talk about the uh, next election in Riga, which usually has been a strong fault for them. So not so much the regions, but ra- rather than cities, where you would also have, for example, a bigger proportion of uh, Russian speakers uh, for whom uh, the matters of language and, for example, the relationship with Russia in the way that the Harmony Party would like it would be more important. So uh, this probably would not affect the destinies of the party so much, but you know the time is running out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, l- looking at a few other uh, parties which are important to mention. So first of all, Nationalo Opvienib or the National Alliance. Uh, so you know they, I think you know they they've been at the national level consistently getting somewhere between eight to 15 kind of members in in parliament you know out of a hundred so you know like like 18 15 percent of the vote um but it seems like their um local support is uh you know clumped in a in a few different areas kind of um in this kind of like central kind of ring outside of uh outside of riga so so they were able to get um the most uh, you know, a, a plurality in uh, in Bauska's region, uh, also in um, uh, in Ogre's uh, region, um, Siguldas, uh, Smiltonis, and then uh, Tulsi, as well as um, yeah, and 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 they also, well, you know, in Tulsi, for example, I mean, you know, that was twenty one percent of the vote, uh, you know, but that that was still a plurality there. Um, but then, you know, throughout the country as well, you know, again, you know, you know, Gulbenis, uh, you know, for example, Novads. I'm just randomly pulling out. They came in fourth place, but with fifteen percent of the vote. So. So, you know, they, from what I understand, you know, at least on the national level, it never seems like, you know, they're, um, well, I mean, I'm sure they would love to, you know, become the number one party in the country, but it seems like they're pretty happy with getting this kind of consistent chunk of the vote, not really trying to massively rebrand themselves and, uh, you know, do anything, um, you know, uh, kind of crazy because they're always able to exert just enough influence on the national level uh, to be able to, you know, get the very important issues that they want done and, you know, be able to, you know, be in charge of the culture ministry, for example, or, you know, right now the agriculture ministry. So um, do, do you think that these results kind of fit into the overall strategic plan for the National Alliance Auto? 
Uh, I think that it does because uh, I think it is a, a they have strong support where they may expect that and uh, I think they also have uh, support uh, some of the long-term support goes back uh, to the uh, 90s and will stay with them I think it's a generational thing but I think especially if we talk about uh, Kurzeme uh, then perhaps it could also be the case that they have gotten uh, some of the votes that uh, previously have uh, been cast uh, in favor of other players such as uh, KPV uh, so in that sense perhaps uh, the the messaging that the National Alliance has uh, perhaps is uh, more easily grasped by uh, some people uh, who would uh, respond well to, to some of the messages that uh, KPV uh, put uh, forward specifically if we talk about uh, putting uh, national interests first and uh, uh, some narratives uh, similar to that now, one party that's been kind of on the out and out lately, at least on national level, is uh, the Latvian Regional Alliance or Latvia's Regional Apianiba. Um, this was a party that in the 2014 election, they were able to get, I believe, something around like five seats in uh, in, in Latvian parliament, uh, not enough to be able to enter the coalition. But uh, and, and this was uh, based on the leadership of uh, Martin Bondars uh, at the time, and then also uh, Artus Kaimans, who both left to other parties after that. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of dropped off the national level. Um, Obviously, a, you know, a party called the Regional Alliance would expect to do better in the regions. And, for example, in Yelgava, you know, very often, um, you know, on the local level, I, I think the maximum amount of candidates you can have on the on the list is 18, even though, you know, they're not all, all going to be able to get in. Um, at, at the uh, Yelgava level, they were the only other party besides ZAS to have 18 full candidates. So they look like, you know, they would be this force to be reckoned with. You know, but in Yelgava, they only got one, um, you know, uh, 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 per person elected into, um, into the, and, and this is, uh, you know, um, Gunnar uh, Gorlovic, who's, you know, very, very well known here in, here in Yelgava. Um, as a party, you know, they didn't really seem to make a huge splash throughout the country. You know, they, they were able to uh, win a plurality, uh, you know, in, uh, I believe it was five um, uh, different uh, municipalities. But, you know, what what is the deal with Latvia's region, obviously? But, I mean, what what is their future? What are they going for? And, you know, uh, could you see them kind of combining with another party because, it, uh, or, you know, um, kind, of, kind of joining in with another party? Because it, it doesn't really seem like they have this very strong identity besides, you know, it, it just, I, I don't see, like, how, how do we differentiate them, you know, from, uh, you know, ZZS, for example, who, who take very similar stances when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, Latvia's uh, regional politics. Well, I think uh, this is the strong association with personalities because it is also the uh, groups of interest that are represented by different parties. And uh, you could say that the regional alliance represents those uh, local leaders and uh, those groups of interest that do not share their interest with, for example, uh, those that are represented by the uh, greens and farmers. I would say that is the case in uh, Yalgava, uh, where also Mr. Kurlovic uh, used to work uh, in the administration together with uh, Mr. Ravinj, but uh, after uh, they had uh, their, um, you know, uh, ideas uh, getting into conflict uh, with each other, uh, then, of course, uh, they went separate ways, and that is one of the reasons. Um, and uh, it is still, like, very much based on personalities, and I think that will be uh, probably the winning card for the regional alliance if they want to stay in politics, because on national level, uh, you saw that 
their ratings are down um, so they are um, not a, a part of the coalition and um, uh, we already saw for example the Riga municipal election where they went together with National Alliance so they probably try to stay independent for as long as possible but uh, that does not exclude uh, these cooperation agreements with some lists that uh, it is agreeable to go together with. Now, we've got to talk about you on know, a conservative party a little bit, so the new conservative party, because uh, this is the most interesting thing about the results of the local elections for me. In the 2017 municipal election, specifically in Riga, which is where they you know, pushed very hard, they had respectable results for a completely new party. And again, this was, you know, based on um, you know, specifically on the regal level of, uh, you know, Yuta Strice, who, um, you know, jo joined the party on the national level the year after they came in second place. They tied for second place with uh, KPVLV for the most um, for the second most seats in parliament. And, you know, now that KPV well, you know, spoiler alert is uh, is gone <laughs> from the coalition. They are the largest party in the current coalition um, since then, though. You know their their ratings have slipped behind you know even you know Yanovino Tiba who were left for dead at one point, and throughout the country it doesn't really seem like they are doing nearly as well as they would expect to do, and you know my question for you Otto so they they want to be the new conservative party, you know, are they going to be able to in the long term compete with the old conservative parties such as you know the the farmers union such as you know the national alliance I mean. You know, how do, do you do you see them being able to, you know, with, again, very similar policies and, you know, if, if it's a, um, you know, issue of personality and, of course, you know, they've pushed very hard against corruption. But, uh, you know, what what is their future kind of um, in, in lobbying politics do you see after the showing in the local elections? Well, they will have to change. We already saw some uh, of that happening, for example, by changing the Minister of Education. Um, I think that uh, it also partially explains uh, the result that they had. So they uh, contested 35 municipalities, but got in uh, in only half of these. Uh, I think it is partially explained by the education reform and the reform of the uh, school network, the reform of the education content, and also uh, the reform of the higher education. So uh, that all affects uh, regions very much, especially where, uh, for example, regional universities or these local schools are a considerable source of employment and resources and um, probably uh, quite a lot of people were not happy about that even though it may benefit the general interests of the nation. At the local level you think about local interests and I think that hurt them this time. So I think they will have to change, probably get a little bit radical on some positions and perhaps also uh, look at some of the personalities uh, that represent the party. You know, yeah, but, you know, again, Otto and I have talked about this many times, you know, when they did finally get into, you know, coalition after their, you know, kind of mandate that they got, you know, the, the biggest issues that they were focusing on were, you know, who's in charge of Latvian railways, you know, who's in charge of the University of Latvia, you know, not issues that really affect people on an everyday basis. So, you know, we, we, we've seen this time and again in, you know, politics throughout the world. Um, Otsti by Par, which is a party that, uh, well, two parties, actually, Latvia's Atistibai and then Kusti Bapar, we're, we're used to them working together on the national level, but that has not been the case on the local levels. For example, in, in Riga municipal election, uh, you know, um, the uh, current mayor, uh, Martin Stachis, came from just Kusti Bapar, not, uh, you know, together with Latvia's Atistibai. And, uh, you know, they, they worked separately throughout the throughout the country, and, and Lat the Latvia's Atistibai seemed to do a bit better. 
Yeah, and, and that thank you, Otto. That means Latvia's development for those of you um, who are English listeners of our podcast, which is all of you. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then uh, Kusti Bapar. Movement 4. Yeah. Movement 4. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, they... Um, you know, got only nine seats throughout throughout the country. So, Otto, can you can you comment on um, kind of their overall um, results and and uh, what what we can expect for them in the in the near future? Well, uh, this uh, separate lists were not a surprise after problems with uh, Minister Putin lying and having to go away, um, and the, the issues of uh, the of funding uh, allegations. Um, on the one hand, uh, reputationally, it may be a benefit for uh, Movement 4. At the same time, uh, you know, I think that uh, may not also be so bad for Latvia's development because now we see the issues with the uh, former Minister of Health and the criminal proceedings with regard to the vaccine procurement. So uh, mm, even though uh, it would be a question of who would have the, the biggest uh, donations and uh, who would be the, uh, you know, the best motor or locomotive to get them in, um, I think for now they will continue these separate paths and that may also uh, be the story for the next uh, national election if they are not able to reconcile these differences. And uh, Movement 4, Kusubapar in, in Latvian, um, they are known as kind of the you know biggest kind of mainstream uh, you know, center-left party, uh, or, or you know, further on the left, you know, certainly the most of the Latvian political parties. But further than that is um, this does not need to be translated progressivi or progressives. Um, so you know, they're a party that people always expect that they're going to do better than they actually do. Um, how do they do this time around, Otto? So they got similarly, uh, like Movement 4, who got nine seats between seven municipalities. The progressives did uh, even worse. So they had five seats between four municipalities. Uh, so uh, I think they got one seat in Liepaja and one seat in Rezekne and uh, so these few other seats. Uh, I think that they were... Uh, not so well focused on this election and uh, perhaps uh, that could also be this uh, light motive for their future that they may focus on being a Riga party and uh, putting you know all their eggs in that basket. Yeah and then you know again the, the national elections a little bit easier um, you know to run and then the local elections because you need people you know physically in, in all these places. Um, one last party which we do need to mention um, which uh, <laughs> started as one of the parties uh, that got uh, you know like a like a few percentage points had a massive meteoric rise and now um, we'll be talking about them a little bit later is back to a party that is getting in the small percentages here in Yelgova they had a very impressive ticket they actually uh, had uh, almost a full ballot um, but uh, yeah I think that they spent at least as much money as the Harmony Party in Yalgo because one of the buildings right in the center, you know, one half of the windows was uh, full with Harmony faces and the other one was full with KPV faces. But uh, unfortunately, that did not work so well. Uh, as a result, from all of the municipalities, they received one deputy seat in the Duobala municipality, which, after them getting kicked out from the coalition, uh, is not very uh, good sign uh, for their political survival, is it? Nope. And for a party that is named after the web address, uh, you know, the fact that their website does not work is not a good sign for their political future. Neither is what we will be talking about in just a minute um, after we get to some COVID stories. But um, uh, one other thing I, I just um, you know forgot to mention a little bit earlier, which I just want to add in, is that there are, um, outside of the kind of major political parties that we talked about, um, the 
there are some regional parties as well, which, you know, in, in a few cases actually, you know, won um, pluralities or even majorities in their areas, such as, you know, uh, you know in Kuldiga and Daugopils, there's also the Vidzeme party, which does well, you know, throughout Vidzeme, and then also in Eiskraukle, which is, you know, kind of straddle, you know, Eiskraukle, Novads also straggles, straddles part of uh, Vidzeme, uh, sorry, Zemgale as well. Um, so, you know, uh, there, there are these regional forces as well. That, that's the one thing I forgot to uh, mention a little bit earlier. Overall, Otto, any last um, kind of thing. So, so we've gotten through you know, pretty much everything that we had planned to talk about the municipal elections. And again, you know, this is very, very important because, you know, out of municipals of a certain size, you know, you, you, you drive through certain municipalities, which are the same size as each other, and you can just physically see that some are just more well run than, than others. And, and this has to do with the local governments. Um, you know, so, you know, like, like we can physically see the results of this. Um, but, but any kind of last overall thoughts, which we haven't covered about uh, the results of the election? Uh, well, uh, I think that uh, we all have to uh, take uh, attention of uh, those parties that got in the municipal councils and uh, got strong mandates because that will be something that will hold them out uh, even if at the uh, national level things may go crazy. So that is something to remember in the Latvian political setting. So let's take a quick break from politics and move over to COVID, which is normally something we try to avoid talking about, but this week it's mostly pretty darn good news um you know we're, we're, we're used to just uh, horrible news about covid and you know i'm, I'm already just uh, dreading that uh you know i don't know well I've, I've i've become jaded by uh you know these um little gaps in in bad covid news but so far it looks like the you know rate of infection has been steadily decreasing and um that has led to some closures of uh covid treatment centers uh, apparently so um and, and and one one of them was at uh Stradinch, uh hospital so so what was the um what was the thinking kind of behind this decision Otto? Uh, so apparently so far there were uh, three units at the Stradinch um, hospital that dealt with COVID and uh, this uh, decrease of uh, patients that needed um, uh, treatment uh, or reanimation or all of this oxygen or whatever. Uh, the number of uh, these patients has decreased uh, to a level that uh, allowed to close one of uh, these units and also allow some of the involved uh, medical personnel to concentrate on other issues. And I think that is a good development and if that uh, continues this trend continues then uh, of course uh, we will be able to get uh, back to more normal than uh, usual in these last months and speaking of more normal than usual in the last months it sounds like the government is going to review the restrictions that are currently in place uh, on on thursday auto so what what could we possibly expect from this government meeting and from some uh, decisions that might be made that meeting uh, so uh, today, the head of uh, the state uh, chancellery, uh, which is the main administrative body that organized the work of the cabinet, uh, announced that on Thursday, uh, government will uh, look uh, at uh, the specific statistics and uh, the p- possible uh, way to uh, lift these restrictions. Uh, they have not been specific on uh, what they will reconsider, but some of the guesses, for example, as reported by uh, TVNet, uh, is that uh, there possibly may be the lift of restrictions with regard to gyms, indoor catering, and personal care. But that is, of course, uh, subject uh, to the uh, trend of COVID statistics. Uh, If this trend is downwards, then we may see that. If not, uh, we'll have to live with these restrictions still for a while. But one party which will not be taking part in this government meeting is, as Otto and I have mentioned, 
KPVLV, and this entire podcast has uh, very, <laughs> very carefully, um, you know, I mean, I, I think historians might be able to go back someday and, and look through some old episodes and, uh, you know, uh, track the, the meteoric rise and um, uh, very interesting fall of KPVLV. Um, so we predicted, or I should say auto-predicted in the last episode, that KPVLV might not be long for the government anymore. And that prediction came true within hours, Otto. So uh, what, how did it happen? So so what, what was the process of um, disavowing KPVLV from the coalition? And, and how was the coalition able to stay together without those uh, remaining few members? So partially or most significantly, um, uh, this uh, has been the responsibility of KPV themselves uh, and specifically their inability uh, to keep their act together. Um, um, especially if we talk about a proportional parliamentary system that we have in Latvia, uh, it all depends on the uh, parliamentary mathematics. And if they started out with 16 uh, seats uh, in their faction um, on the day that we reported uh, the, uh, the last episode, uh, uh, um, the parliamentary website uh, showed only five people being uh, the part of their faction. Uh, so it meant that um, with or without them, the coalition uh, would have been able to go on. And uh, with the uh, all the changes that were associated with the switch of Mr. Uh, uh, Wittenbergs, at that time the Minister of Economy, uh, from uh, KPV to National Alliance, uh, I think that only showed that uh, KPV is not in a position uh, to uh, be as... Uh, forceful and powerful as before and the other coalition members used that uh, mainly uh, to uh, get uh, their um, uh, ministerial seats and uh, the areas that these ministries are responsible for that's of course uh, associated resources and um, uh, all of the <laughs> currently remaining uh, members of the coalition agreed to do that well um the upshot of that is now uh, we have a few new ministers and one kind of familiar face. So, you know, this this whole um, situation kind of took part because, uh, you know, the, the kind of inciting incident, as, as historians like to say, uh, Janus Wittenbergs uh, switched from KPVLV to the National Alliance. And then, uh, you know, they there was this big argument, you know, KPV was arguing, well, we should be able to choose the new minister. The other parties were saying, eh, well, maybe not. Um, and, and the result was it was just simpler to, to get rid of KPV altogether. Um, so the upshot of this is that Jan Zwickenberg has actually continued his his post despite all this drama. So now he is a member of National Alliance, which, you know, uh, for, for those of you who made it through the first part of the podcast and, and the uh, local election, um, you know, I, I think that was uh, probably a good decision for his political future. Uh, but we've got a few new um, ministers in some new places. So the new minister of the uh, interior is uh, Maria Golubeva uh, from Autisti by Par. Um, then uh, kind of as part of this, so this was kind of an unrelated, but it, but it you know, just seemed like a good time to finally part ways with Ilga Shuplinska, the minister of education, who had been uh, criticized for a number of issues, um, but especially for the rollout of the uh, new, uh, you know, school um, school reform, uh, which we've talked about in, in you know in, in depth before, but a number of other reasons as well, and you know, just not get along with the teachers union. 
she has been replaced um, by very surreally uh, a former student of mine, uh, Anita Muishnitze, who I, who I taught um, at the University of Latvia, um, you know, in, in, in one class, uh, you know, in uh, bachelor studies. So, you know, now I'm feeling very, very old that, uh, you know, I've taught uh, current ministers of the country, but, uh, you know, best, best of luck to her. Uh, you know, that is not a job I would ever want to have being the minister of education because that's you know, ultimately, uh, you know, rock in a hard place um, to, to be working. So, so best of luck to her. And one other minister who has been dominating headlines, not just for uh, his new job, but also for a controversy which uh, immediately happened after he took part, uh, the new welfare minister, Gatsis Eglitis. So, Otto, how did he tweet himself into the national headlines? Apparently, once uh, he saw the results of the election, uh, where his party did not do so well, uh, he uh, tweeted that uh, the other parties that did better, for example, the Greens and Farmers and Harmony Party and the Regional Alliance, uh, should not be so uh, glad about this result uh, because, um, as the tweet stated, um, they... um, municipalities uh, that are led by the parties that consist in the national coalition may actually get uh, the European money and other funds that are administered throughout uh, the national government instead of the ones that are not, which was shortly afterward uh, deleted. uh, But of course, uh, it was saved by some users and created uh, (laughs) quite a big problem uh, for him and the party afterwards. And uh, yeah, so we will we will see what comes out of this um, you know this controversy. I mean, I I, I, don't, I don't really see it. Um, I don't know. I I don't think he's going to probably lose his job over this or any, anything crazy like that. But you know, it, it is. Um, I would say characteristic of Yana Conservativa Party at this point. You know, they, they tend to be uh, a little bit, um, you know, heavy-handed in their rhetoric when it comes to these kind of individual issues. Uh, you know, so uh, we we will see how this affects their, um, you know, the public perception of them in the in the, uh, in the next election. Uh, going back to education for a second, so I mentioned one, um, you know, very controversial education reform that was at uh, you know primary and, and high schools throughout the country uh, but another um, equally controversial reform is the reform on higher education that has been approved barely by parliament so there was 52 votes um, in favor of the uh, new new uh, higher education reform so Otto can you in a nutshell explain to people what is changing about higher education in Latvia uh, so uh, mainly here we are talking about the uh, governance uh, of the universities. Uh, so um, these proposed changes in this, for example, the establishment of uh, university councils uh, that would be partially appointed by the representatives of the universities and partially by politicians. And we are also talking about the changes in the typology of the institutions of higher education. Uh, one of the issues that was discussed here was also the minimum amount of students required for a university. I think that they have taken that out after a regional protest uh, in this regard. Uh, but um, I think one thing that has not been resolved, I'm not sure uh, how it was uh, dealt with in the final reading, uh, was the matter of colleges. So certainly this uh, will bring a number of changes uh, and also will affect the uh, way how universities are, are um, uh, organized and also the money that they are getting. So one um, ministry which uh, was not, uh, you know, the the subject of a kind of a major change at the top, 
at least recently, is the health ministry. Um, this is still run by Daniels Pavelutz, who I am finally learning to pronounce correctly, thanks to Otto's um, constant tutoring. Um, but uh, one kind of um, major uh, change that could be happening is uh, the um, the uh, coali- uh, sorry the commission in Saima, which is um, uh, which uh, is uh, in, in charge of these issues, um, wants to prioritize oncology when it comes to national healthcare, and this is following a very uh, famous series of reports that was done, I believe it was last year already, if I'm getting my time mixed up, <laughs> um, uh, on uh, you know how oncology is done in Latvia and, and cancer treatment in general, uh, which was uh, found to be, um, I, I, I can't remember off the top of my head if this was de facto or if this was um, a, a different um, uh, one of uh, Latvia's uh, investigative journalism programs, uh, found that uh, the situation is very, very bleak when it comes to treating um, cancer patients. So, Otto, uh, how would this work prioritizing oncology? I mean, it sounds very easy to say that, um, but, but, but how would we actually uh, put that into practice in a practical way? Well, in practice, that would mean that uh, oncology would get uh, most of uh, new funding uh, that is appropriated to different uh, parts of the healthcare system. Uh, currently, uh, an extraordinary priority is, of course, uh, the COVID pandemic and the treatment of that. And we have heard criticism that it is overtly prioritized because uh, even though uh, COVID is indeed um, a tragedy, uh, at the same time, no one has cancelled all the issues created by uh, cancer, by uh, cardiological issues. Uh, So uh, I think this is something that is both part of the legacy that we have in the healthcare system and perhaps also uh, the question of, well, you know, the COVID pandemic will probably, if not be completely over, it will certainly uh, decrease um, in its acuteness. And then it's the question, all right, uh, what is our priority then? And I think, well, it is good that uh, uh, the Saima Commission is looking at it, but I think it will be also the question for the development for, so as they will be in charge of the healthcare. So uh, what will be uh, then the priority that they will have to resolve? Because COVID, uh, as important as it is, is far from the only issue in the healthcare sector. Certainly. A um, couple other quick domestic stories before we go on. Um, one that uh, I was actually surprised to find that, uh, you know, resolved in the way it did. So we've been talking for a while about what is going to happen with the Student Song and Dance Festival, which was already supposed to happen last year. And as a reminder, for those of you who are unaware of this very important tradition, I mean, this is one of the biggest things that happens in Latvia. Uh, every five years, there is a major song and dance festival, which takes place over uh, the course of a week in some major, major events um, for adults. Or, and, you know, children take part as well in that one. And then there's one specifically for stu- school students, which happens two years after that. And they happen in five years rotations. Well, the student one was supposed to happen last year, uh, in which tens of thousands of students were going to take part throughout the country in, in these different events events and and come to Riga. Uh, Obviously, that was impossible due to COVID. And the big question is, what would happen this year? Because it it was uh, pushed, you know, one year down the road. Well, you know, now the numbers are getting a little bit better, but having, you know, 100,000 students together is probably not uh, the best uh, situation for (laughs) stopping the spread of COVID. So there were basically two main options that it came down to. One was just canceling it for another year. And the other one, which was decided upon at the end of the day by the government was a virtual song and dance festival. And this was one that was actually, oddly enough, um, 
within you know the last two weeks it was um, uh, opposed by both the prime minister himself Christian Karnch and then also uh, you know the the association of um, uh, lobbying children doctors uh, so Otto what you know was kind of the final uh, rationale behind this decision and you know do you, do you think that this was the uh, correct move to do it in this uh, virtual format uh, well, I think it was partially uh, due to the fact of uh, how much work has been put in um, in uh, preparing uh, this uh, festival, and so that uh, uh, this work would not go to waste. Um, uh, perhaps it was also this uh, pressure or the interest of the uh, creative uh, uh, people um, to have their work represented and also to receive the funding. Well, it is also the question for the uh, public media who received the funding, and if we look at uh, the specific way how the money would be divided these two million which would be two times less than the traditional festival uh, then um, almost a million would go for uh, copyrights and the registration of um, uh, the participants uh, and then approximately half a million would go for the public media and half a million for uh, the artists um, contributors authors and uh, producers uh, so um, at least the idea uh, will be realized those people will be paid uh, well that is perhaps also a good thing that the festival itself will not be cancelled uh, hopefully it will also be a valuable experience for uh, the participants for the children uh, that is yet to be seen so hopefully the, uh, the interest of that group uh, in this is not forgotten the last story in the domestic section is uh, very interesting, uh, kind of a weird one right here. So uh, apparently 21% less driver licenses were handed out in the first five months of this year compared to last year. So Otto, what is the deal with that? Is that just um, because uh, driver's ed uh, you know, was, was, was cut down due, due to COVID or are there other factors going on here? So, um, so what's, what's the story here? Uh, indeed. So uh, one of the most uh, notable uh, problems that have been created on an um, everyday level is this uh, backlog of applications to get uh, a driver's license uh, because as we know it is um, and I know very well uh, it is not only um, the uh, driving that you have to do and prepare for but also you have to have the certificate uh, that you are able to give uh, first aid and for that you have to uh, go through this uh, course uh, of uh, training and if before uh, the uh, restrictions it was possible to do that in a group of 15 people uh, then currently uh, it is done individually meaning that uh, the process takes 15 times uh, more time uh, and that is also uh, then uh, the, these lessons uh, that you actually have to do the driving with the instructor um, and it all takes um, a, a longer time especially that also all those people who were not able to finish uh, their theoretical um, uh, lessons uh, Last year are now uh, they have the opportunity to do that just now so for many people uh, it will take uh, a long time before they get their driver's license mm -hmm. well uh, that does it for kind of the major uh, domestic stories now internationally and this you know is a, is a good way to go on from the domestic stories so Latvia suffered some pretty big heartbreak as Otto and I were experiencing while we were recording last week's episode uh, you know when we were basically knocked out of the World Hockey Championship and the week before that, you know, we were celebrating how Latvia beat Canada and, you know, I was kind of saying like, well, you know, it's, uh, 
not a fearic victory, of course, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously beating Canada is, is, is amazing in any situation. But, you know, my, my attitude at the time was kind of like, well, you know, the, obviously this isn't a great year for Canada. And, uh, you know, we, okay, yeah, we beat them, but we beat them in a year where uh, they weren't doing so well. Um, well, how did that turn out, Otto? So, uh, as I, um, I think the original phrasing that I used for the title was that it is great news for Latvia as Canada wins the World Hockey Championship. And so Latvia has the uh, wonderful uh, title of being uh, one of the uh, teams that won the gold uh, medal uh, owner of this, this year, isn't it? Yes, we, we, we can. Uh, I, I like I like how you put it there, Otto. I'm just going to say that we we yes we, we beat the gold medal uh, winners. So so therefore uh, we um, yeah we we got. It. But no, I mean you know again Latvia had a good year. You know we um, lost in so many extremely close like last minute shootouts and you know there there were so many games that could have gone either way and were kind of coin flips at the end and you know you, you win some you lose some uh latvia still had a great showing at the world hockey championship uh and congratulations to canada who uh we did beat uh, pretty pretty badly in our game against them so uh one international covid story so apparently uh there is a plan to donate covid19 vaccines to georgia and i assume now Otto wrote the story right here i assume he means georgia the country and not georgia the state in the united states so you can clarify Otto. Uh, exactly. So uh, I'm not aware of uh, any bilateral cooperation with the United States where we would donate vaccines to our um, ally uh, in that capacity. But specifically, indeed, um, uh, the uh, Minister of Health uh, has discussed that uh, there is uh, this uh, capacity on our side that we have uh, so many AstraZeneca vaccines and they are not uh, being administered uh, for various reasons. And as we know, they cannot stand in the storage forever. Uh, so. Uh, I think it will be a win-win, especially for uh, those people who do not have it in Georgia and will have the chance to get it, uh, so that uh, those vaccines do not go uh, to waste. And I think it's a great gesture, uh, and uh, I think it will uh, help uh, Georgia uh, very well at this time. Excellent. And I'm sure that you and Olavs are following very closely the NATO summit that's taking place in Brussels next week. Uh, so uh, can can you tell us a little bit? Exactly. So uh, it will take place next week uh, and uh, we uh, expect uh, it uh, to uh, have uh, very important messages, not only for the um, uh, alliance, but also for Latvia, uh, because we know uh, the summit will uh, precede other important international events. Uh, we saw, for example, that uh, a president of the United States uh, has invited uh, the president of Ukraine to the White House and also he will meet uh, president of Russia, Mr. Putin. Putin uh, in a, a bilateral summit. So uh, I would expect that uh, some of the positions uh, will be uh, consulted on in this uh, summit. And as uh, President Biden has uh, promoted a multilateral approach to solving different international issues, I would expect uh, uh, the alliance come with a number of strong messages of unity uh, after it in Brussels. And I'm sure we will check back next week uh, to see how that is uh, you know, playing out. Um, but, you know, Latvia became a member of NATO in 2004, very specifically because of some very tragic history that Latvia has been uh, a part of. And one of the most tragic moments in that history was 80 years ago. So, Otto, can you take us through the horrors of June 14th, 1941? 
exactly. Uh, so um, on uh, that day, uh, we have to remember um, an event that uh, actually um, involved uh, a representative from most every family uh, in Latvia, as uh, more than 15,000 citizens uh, were deported by the Soviet occupation authorities to Soviet prisons, Siberia and Kazakhstan. Uh, I have to know that similar deportations uh, took place in the Soviet-occupied Lithuania and Estonia at that time, and uh, this uh, uh, deportation was one of the four major involuntary population transfers that the Soviets organized in the occupied Central and Eastern Europe between 1939 and 1941. Uh, the Soviets, of course, intended to crush the opposition uh, to the illegal Soviet occupation and deported um, uh, different people uh, from Latvia based on their wealth, political and professional status. Uh, so, uh, in most cases, keeping in mind those people uh, that they expected uh, to provide the biggest opposition uh, to uh, the uh, deportations. So, this has indeed been a tragic uh, page uh, for our history and was also one of the reasons uh, and th uh, that uh, when the Soviet uh, power came back uh, after the Nazi occupation, uh, that so uh, many Latvians uh, became involved in the national resistance movement and uh, fought uh, uh, using arms against uh, the uh, Soviet reoccupation. Uh, looking at the future, good news uh, for football fans who want to be in person. So up to apparently 800 fans will be allowed to to uh, go to the Latvia-Estonia football game. Um, you know, I, I don't know, are, are there usually 800 fans who go, who, who, who go to these football games? Because Latvia, you know, I, I think of Latvia as a, um, you know, like a hockey country in Estonia. You know, I, I, I know Estonia is not as big into hockey, but, um, but I know football has become very, very popular lately. Uh, uh, exactly. I think th that could especially be the case uh, in th uh, such an international game. Um, and um, also that uh, people have uh, been under the restrictions of COVID for such a long time. I would expect uh, quite a considerable turnout. And I would also probably expect uh, these uh, seats be uh, more um, available in terms of uh, price uh, than it was the case with the hockey championship where we actually had games where, for example, you had one spectator in all of the arena. So I would expect uh, the game in Tallinn to have more. I um I'm I'm, I'm very biased against uh, what I what I call soccer because for me football is a game that you th you know throw through the air and uh, you know run into people so uh, so yeah that that that's my little American uh, you know I'm I'm sure I'm sure I just uh, you know ticked off a lot of people who are just listening to this. Uh. <laughs> well, for me when I was in America, um, I think it was most uh, you know concerning for me to figure out the rules as I was watching it for the whole time. <laughs> I, I, I've invited Otto over to watch uh, American football a few times, but uh, but it yeah you know it, it's something you have to kind of grow up with I think to to appreciate uh, you know, but um, you know I I understand people who who have tried to get into American football and uh, you know it, it's worth it though it is worth it in the end I, I do promise. But anyway, um, that just about does it for this uh, very in depth episode uh, looking at the results of the um, of the uh, election and then also some other stories throughout the country and I I think. Um, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed looking through it. I, I, I know Otto did as well. I hope all of you did also, uh, learning a little bit more about the political situation outside of the, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, national scene and also Riga, which is what we focus on a lot with the, with the, um, um, uh, a podcast. Anyway, that just about does it for today. Otto, anything you'd like to say before we finish up? 
enjoy the great weather and the great beginning of summer that we have. Be careful of ticks uh, in the bushes because uh, it may get very nasty. Otherwise, uh, enjoy the good time and hopefully we'll see the restrictions lifted so that we can enjoy it even more. And until next time, we still love it, we see you. We still love it.